Welcome to Motorsports Tech Talk. And we got your hosts here, Brian and Eric. It's me. And uh, yeah, so basically we decided to make a podcast because uh, we spend hours and hours always just chatting around. We decided might as well just record it and let everyone else uh, hear our ramblings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we go pretty deep into motorsports um, and then, you know, new cars and stuff sometimes, different technology. Um, so I don't, we thought it was pretty interesting. You know, we, we go technical sometimes. Uh, so, you know, maybe we can help someone learn a thing or two and just discuss different ideas about what's going on in, in motorsports. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so basically we thought, well, we'll put this together. We can, we can talk uh, kind of tech stuff, news, all that kind of stuff, motorsports, cars, yep. kind of anything, anything we feel like, kind of what we already, already were doing, but <laughs> <laughs> now we get to record it and have anyone who has some time on their hands and feels like <laughs> listening. Yeah. Maybe, you know, working on their car, have something in their ear, just going to work, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, why not? So I guess, uh, you know, we can start off with some introductions as uh, they're probably in order. So obviously, I'm Brian. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. And uh, yeah, we uh, currently I'm working at uh, Toyota Motors North America. Uh, and uh, we're actually both working at a major OE. Eric, you're at, uh, you're at Ford. Oh, well, that's right. So, and one thing we just said, wanted to get out of the way real quick that none of our opinions uh, uh, expressed are are uh, are going to be. They don't represent uh, Toyota, yes, Motors North America or Ford Motor Company. That is correct. So, um, we just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> get make the, it clear. Get that you know legal mumbo jumbo out of there, just uh, just in case. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they'll be too worried about this at least at least for now so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure they don't care uh but you know it's good to have everyone know uh especially since we might get into it later but you know who won the <laughs> car of the year performance car of the year for motor trend oh no i didn't see that <clears throat> well it's the gt500 oh, possibly oh. the mm. greatest performance car of the year <laughs> Performance mm. car you can buy but right that's, now. But that's just your opinion. That's just my opinion. That's just your opinion. You know, it has nothing to do with the fact that I work for Ford. Yeah, of course, of Wink. course, of course, of course. Um, and so, and then just to continue, I guess, with uh, my background, now that we got that out of the way. But yeah, so I'm at Toyota now, but uh, actually we both used to work together at uh, Pratt & Miller Engineering. Some of you guys might... Uh, might know that as the home of Corvette racing, although maybe GM doesn't want you to know that, but yeah, but, uh, but it doesn't yeah. really change. That's where it happens. Yep. That's where that happens. They do most of Chevy's racing programs. Uh, Eric was on some of the automotive and motorsports programs there. And then later briefly later did some defense work. I was mostly just on the defense side. So, yep. uh, that's where this, this friendship, if you want to call it that, Work acquaintances. Uh, work acquaintances. Uh, now co-hosts. Uh, yep. Uh, that's where it blossomed. So then, you know, we went our separate ways. Uh, but, you know, still, still always keeping in touch. Yep. Talking uh, about just more, more car stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No one, I mean, 
not many people want to hear about cars all the time, except for basically our group of friends. So yep. sometimes you got to, whenever we see each other, we just got to kind of let it out. Let it out. It's kind of like word vomit. <laughs> just can't stop it. So, um, yeah. And then as far as out of work, um, there's, uh, there's, there's been a lot of racing I've done over the years, uh, Give them, give them that that spec Miata highlight <laughs> first. First, just start. Yeah. So uh, actually, this year I uh, did my first full season of spec Miata and was able in the last race of the season to get my my first win. It's pretty mm-hmm. happy about that. It's pretty sweet, dude. Um, but and then before that, I just did a lot of uh, Champ Car Endurance Series. Uh, back when I was first Chump Car, I was starting off there. Worked racing with some friends from work and everything and then ended up wanting to do a little more of a I guess a challenge my my driving abilities get everyone in the same have everyone in the same car try to do some uh some more spec style racing so naturally you move to the greatest <laughs> platform ever made yeah the uh the the Miata yeah. yeah it's a it's a car and it's uh it's okay but you know you got to do what you got to do sometimes. I suppose. But uh but yeah, so uh that's kind of that's kind of been what's taken up a lot of my time recently, but uh but enough about me. What about uh this uh, this guy over here? What about me? Yeah, um so you know, Brian introduced me, but Americ uh same same degree, uh bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Um like most engineer car nerds um uh, you know did formula sae when we were in school um yeah, and then came up to michigan worked for pratt met met my co-host there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. worked on some some projects and things um got a good decent i suppose learning experience there um and then i spent the last excuse me uh about two years racing um for a professional race team Uh, i started as a a data engineer or a dag um anybody looking to get into racing any if any of you are in college or whatever if you're an engineer that's that's what you'll start at um so so i did that for a couple years uh worked on gt4 car gt3 cars um yeah, mostly GT4 to be clear, but you know, little, <laughs> little bit. Um, and then yeah, now now I work for Ford. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty sweet. Outside of work, I uh, did some of the amateur racing. You know, um, did a couple races with my co-host here. Uh, those crap can endurance races, so uh, lemons or chump car at the time. Um, yeah. And then I, I actually took my bike out to the track, ended up having a lot of fun with that. So I've been doing a lot of two wheel things lately. Um, and then our, our pro driver on the race team conned me into getting a cart. Um, so I've, I've taken it out to one practice session, you know, I, I recently bought it uh, and hoping to get ripping on that uh next summer so yeah, that thing that thing is fast 
Yeah, it's it's an X30 for anybody listening. Um, so a 125cc two-stroke. It's comparatively to to your other cars, it moves. Yeah, pretty he good. Just, he just dove right in the deep end there, which you know it's it's a it's kind of a. I think among our friend group, it's it's kind of the way we do things. We don't we're not going to do track days all year just to figure it out. Just uh, why don't you just come with us to a race and just uh, do some wheel to wheel for your first time on track? Why not? Might as well try something like that. Or yeah, why start from the baby carts when you could just go yeah go fast? Yeah, actually, our uh, our first race together, my first endurance race in Lemons. Um, like I had I had driven the formula car right mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. fsae car um you know and done some autocrosses and things like that but for getting on track that was really my first time um so the day before uh our mutual friends signed me up for the advanced group mm-hmm. and a track day which was fine honestly um <laughs> i i kept pace or was faster so worked out pretty well and then um <laughs> and then went into a wheel-to-wheel race the next day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, what ha- what happened after that? We should. Uh, oh, we're not going to talk about. But yeah, we, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> um, well, I, I suppose you brought it up. Another guy <laughs> used the vehicle I was driving to flip himself. Yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, that's how I would describe it. Uh, that they would describe it as him ruining their weekend, but yes, that is how they described that's it. Exactly, um, that's, that's how their kids described it when they walked up to us. But that's yes, that's maybe a, a story for another day. It is, yeah. I, I'd, <laughs> I'd be happy to go into that, um, you know. But, but right yeah. now we're still trying to do introductions, so it's, it's uh, <laughs> we've passed the old flipping story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll revisit it many times. Many, I'm many, sure we many will. times. So that being Just, said. A lot of Ford like Fiestas, Focus, Ford Focus. There's a Focus. Focus. Yeah, a lot of Ford Focuses I've seen roll a Gingerman. Yeah, it so. wasn't wasn't the only one I've seen roll a Gingerman. So it's 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 definitely a pattern. It's not. Yeah. And and Think Eric wasn't involved in the other one. So yeah, you know it's not. He wasn't the common denominator there. <laughs> it was the it was the Focus. So yep. Okay, so I mean, you go give a little background on us. We'll I think from here we'll just go into maybe some news so yeah yeah i mean just you know biggest thing right now Give it to them. yeah the the big 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 thing that i think everyone who's even remotely interested in racing has seen this week uh is the the whole uh, Gro- grosjean crash at the at bahrain uh, the formula one race it was quite a big incident uh raised a lot of questions concerns uh mostly about safety but uh, one thing it definitely showed us was, I mean, what the first thing Lewis Hamilton wanted to make clear to everyone was that this is dangerous and he's, he does a really dangerous job and yes. we should all thank him for his, his, his service. service uh, his, yeah. Uh, just as a, as a quick side note for anybody listening to get, to give you a, a basis of how we feel. Um, Formula one is dangerous. Obviously we just saw Grosjean's crash. Yeah. Um, but as people who are into racing, we maybe don't have as much sympathy as we should <laughs> because, uh, I would do that for free and, or give all my money to drive a formula one car. So yeah, of course. just, just so everybody listening knows <laughs> kind of where we sit. Right. 
Yeah, um, it's not that I don't think they're doing. Yeah, it's not that we don't think they're doing a rough job. It's just we would do it in a heartbeat. If, yeah, if uh, given the if, opportunity, if we had the opportunity. So, uh, but yeah, you know that was yeah. It's just Lewis's way. He always has to throw that in there. Maybe make it a little bit about himself. But that's okay. You know. <laughs> but but really, the I guess the main conversation was um, was mostly around safety. How could like how could a car just instantly combust the way it did and and yeah. how could it just spear through that that guardrail why is that guardrail rail kind of set up like that um lots of different things but i think the biggest thing that we kind of saw come out of it was mainly just that even though that he didn't come out completely uninjured like that's still super surprising how he was able to to basically walk out of there and 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 withstand that huge g-force from hitting that barrier and then let alone get out of there without being really injured and and also his fire safety gear keeping him from getting too seriously burned so it's it's definitely i mean for one it's definitely a testament to the halo that was kind of one thing that came out of there just uh how i I think without that i mean grosjean said it himself that he he doesn't think he would have made it out of there without it which i agree i mean looking at the photos and everything you can see the damage that was kind of right there on the halo uh that would have just been his head if if it wasn't there so that that would not have been good uh but i think the another thing and uh wanting to kind of with this podcast being more of a, a tech talk as it's aptly named uh mm. get kind of into some of the tech uh, that that kind of helped him get out of there so i think the the one thing we're we wanted to focus on uh, this week was the uh, fire safety gear. Cause I mean, he was in there for, I think it was, I think when they timed it, it was around 18 seconds. And most of the time that those three or the, the standard of suit that they use is, is usually rated for about eight seconds. So, I mean, that's before, and that's in a controlled test, of course, it's not, it's right. going to be a little different in real life, but, but he was in there for much longer and he did experience some burns, but, uh, but I think it could have been much worse for if a couple things happened. Uh, for, for one, it's pretty common for race uh, Formula One drivers, but he has had his visor down. That's that's one thing I I see a lot of, especially if you're in like uh, sedans and stuff like that, racing in, in GT cars. Mm-hmm. It's not very common to have your visor down because you're inside of something. You're not have to worry about bugs and stuff getting in your eyes. So right, a lot of times people keep it up, and maybe if they have kind of cheaper helmets that don't have good anti-fog on their visor and stuff they they kind of need to to keep it down so uh so he had his visor down if without that i'm sure it would have been much much worse i mean you, you can put it down in the crash but it's, you know it might not be your first reaction to so right yeah i mean the chain of events has already started of course you know, by the time you get to a crash so you know you want to you don't want to crash but you want to go into the crash um prepared right and of this course. is this is why you would always keep your visor down um, and why you don't ever, you know, skimp, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Don't just buy the minimum standard. Now they, they go kind of above and beyond at least what most club racing and, and, and club racing and like SCCA, NASA, that kind of stuff, what you'll see there, even, and I, I'm not sure about like uh, IMSA, how intense they get with it, but I noticed that Grosjean, he has the, he has the underwear on. He has a full set of Nomex underwear. And on top of that, he has the latest standard of uh, racing gear, suit, shoes, socks. Um, 
gloves. So all the all the latest stuff there. So uh, I guess one thing to note is very recently we did have a, a new standard come out for driving gear. Um, so uh, most uh, most people in the kind of club racing segment might not have s- kind of seen it yet unless you've ordered gear recently. Um, but there's actually a couple changes. So the the kind of the previous standard, at least on the FIA side, which is usually what I go off of, there's SFI as well, but they, they mostly follow kind of what the FAA guidelines are. Um, but, um, but basically there's a, there's a couple changes. So the previous standard was the FIA 8856-2000. Uh, and now the latest is, uh, 8856-2018. So, um, but basically there's a couple, uh, things they added, uh, they increased the standard for, uh, fabric burn through. So basically, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they do the test while the fabric fabric is actually stretched to make sure there's no, you know, because as it can be, you know, like in areas where your kind of elbows and arms and stuff, that area can be stretched. So that that can be kind of the weak point. Um, and I believe they also might have slightly increased the the time to burn through. Um, and then the other notable changes are uh, both the hand, kind of your hands and your, your ankles. So they extended kind of the the cuff for the 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 uh, the gloves as well as the cuff for the boots that kind of comes up in your sh- suit to kind of have more of that overlap to to give yourself the best chance of not having that little gap that you might have there be the the weak point of the of your suit so I'm pretty sure they've been running that standard for at least a year uh, most people I mean gear hasn't really been available on the market with this standard until very somewhat recently this year but uh because uh, I, I actually myself, I was looking at a new suit and I saw these new standards because uh, well, I guess one of the other notable things is now driver suits, they uh, have a expiration now before they didn't. So now it's a 10 year expiration. Uh, I mean, and for you guys trying to think, oh, I'll just get the older one and then it'll never expire. But there's still, I guess, for everyone, the new standard, I think even club racing is supposed to be adopted by 2029. So basically, if you buy a suit right now, you're either expiring in 10 years by the suit itself if you have the new standard or you're gonna have to get the new standard in that many years i imagine you know something like champ car or nasa or or scca they might they might delay that kind of slowly grandfather it in stuff but right and but you know i want to throw out just because they might let you slide doesn't necessarily mean you want you to yeah exactly you know um so with our amateur racing, we're obviously not at these levels, um, you know, and the the factors of danger aren't the same, but let's consider who built your race car. <laughs> For most of us, it's <laughs> us in a garage, not a multi-billion dollar program, yep. um, you know, and, and I mean, fuel will combust the same yep right mm-hmm. and we just saw Grosjean's crash you know um so maybe just consider that uh you know going to the old standard because you need to replace a suit you can um but if you can afford to not maybe uh consider getting getting the new standard yeah you know, like, don't don't take that risk if you don't need to of course yeah and it 
from what I've seen, there's really no cost up or anything for it. It's, I mean, the only cost difference is if you're buying a year old suit, kind of new, uh, overstock versus the the newest standard. There'll be a difference there, but from what I've seen, there hasn't really been an increase in cost for that stuff. Maybe, maybe you might feel it's a little less comfortable or something like that, or maybe the suits are a little bit thicker. But uh, for the most part, I mean, it's just I I know the way I am when I'm in the car. I don't want to have to. I don't want to even think about you know if I'm if it's safe or anything. I just want to get on with my business and not have yeah. to. I'm gonna go race. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh crap, did I? If I were to crash into this guy in front of me and go into a giant fireball, will it be okay? Like, yeah. or did I skimp every step of the way? Exactly. So, and you don't have to. I mean, most of the time in most motorsports gear, um, yeah, the more you spend, it's kind of more of a comfort thing. The more comfortable it'll be. Like maybe the same suit, the suit that meets the same standard, the you know the four hundred dollar one versus the fifteen hundred dollar one. It, it's just going to be a lot, the more expensive one's going to be more breathable. It's going to be lighter, a lighter, mm-hmm. uh, fabric. And, and so, yeah, it'd just be more comfortable. I mean, I recently updated my suit and I, my old Sparco, my old Sparco RS, RS4, I believe it was, uh, it basically, it weighed about three pounds and then my new one weighed two pounds, which, you know, it's, it's not it's a pound difference, but when the whole thing weighs three, that's <laughs> right. That's a pretty big difference. Well, and it's what covers your whole body, right? That's a pound less of yeah thermal insulation, I guess you have. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so what'd you end up buying? Uh, I got a OMP. I can't. It's one something. All their stuff is one as yeah. long as it's not first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. Then it's okay. But. uh uh, it was like one Evo or, or something like okay. that. Okay. Um, actually, I got it from the got it from the UK. It's uh, at least before now, where the dollar's getting a little weak. The US dollar yeah. uh, earlier in this year, when it wasn't, uh, the exchange rate was extremely favorable for ordering stuff from the UK. So I was I couldn't normally justify a suit that expensive, but it was, it was basically almost half off. So <laughs> I can't say no to that. I can't say I can never say no to half off. So That's a good deal. Um, but yeah, you know, they, but both my old suit and the new suit, uh, meet the same standard, but yeah, one was just a, the new one's a pound lighter. So it's just, it, it, and it feels, it feels a lot better. It feel cooler in the car and that that's important too. You don't want to have too much, uh, heat exhaustion or something if you don't have a cool shirt in there. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, I guess bring it back to the, the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's still, uh, Grosjean, he, he still did suffer some burns. Uh, one thing that uh, we noticed was uh, his, his boot came off actually as he was getting out of the car. Yep. I mean, if he, I, I, I've seen it many times where either people don't buy or just forget their Nomex socks at the uh, racetrack. I mean, if if he had done that mistake, which I think would be hard for him to do that. I mean, yeah, hard for the the top motorsport. <laughs> I mean, he probably just. There's, he's probably got someone babysitting him to put his stuff on, or they just give it to him, right? Like not, he wouldn't have an option to basically. But for the the for the rest of us, that, yeah, you know, are kind of have for every, the cheapo lemons guy sitting at home. Yeah, you know, if you didn't have your socks on, and yeah, you your kind of shoe got a little caught as you're jumping out, I and mean, you're in a hurry, you're in distress, you're jumping out, and yeah, it gets caught. You you just slip out of there. That's fine. But nope, now you have your foot's on fire because you have a cotton. Yep. Mm-hmm. or even worse you know in my mount 
Right. Yeah, it could melt to your foot and make burns on it all on its own. So it's if you have nylon or something. It's definitely something to to think about. Uh, which I'm surprised the shoe came off. I know their F1 cars are tight, but like, did he did he not tie his shoes right? Did, it it is. It was a little surprising for yeah. sure. So yeah. that's. Uh, uh, he maybe she gets those, those those fancy OMP ratchety ones like I have. I'm pretty sure he has the fancy shoes. I don't. He did. I think he had to lace them like some kind of like a plug. <laughs> There's no way Grosjean laces his racing shoes like a plug. I, I think he's got to have the He's clickies. the only one that does it. So if, maybe uh, if you're not sponsored by him or whatever, yeah. you're not allowed to wear the fancy ratchety ones. Although I don't know the ratchety. I I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's more for for it's helpful for when you're always taking your shoes on and off like you are in uh in endurance racing when you're doing pit stops you need to get your gear on and off and then also with right. uh with the sprint racing like in spec miata there's a lot of downtime between things and i don't want to have to be wearing my gear the whole time so it's nice to just jettison my shoes immediately yeah yeah for anybody not super familiar with the way uh you know i I don't really want to call it amateur racing, but it is. Um, but the way these these series work with Spec Miata is that you'll have multiple races a day. It's not like one race a weekend. So when he says he's a lot of downtime, that's, that's in between races. So you're yeah. taking your stuff off. You're putting it back on. You know, it, it sort of goes back to that comfortability thing you mentioned before. Of course. That's that's really what a, a lot of the money is buying you is, yeah. is comfort and ease of use, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, one thing I've also noticed is uh, it can last longer too. The more expensive stuff, as you would hope, yeah. If you're spending that much on <laughs> on gear, you want maybe to replace it less. Because um, I I remember one thing. I think it was at a Lemons event, and so I have a Stilo helmet, which I really like. It's it's very comfortable. It fits my head well. I think that's one important thing with a helmet is not all of them are gonna fit this similar. Depending on your head like shape, different mediums, and yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so the steel just really fits my head nicely. Um, and I like all the extra features like the built in comms. But uh, someone was walking by and they were saying, oh, I think I'm going to replace my helmet. You know, it's the new 2020s are coming out, and mine's a 2015. And I was just kind of surprised to hear that because I, I have a uh, I also have a 2015 helmet, and the 2020s are coming out. And I look at my helmet, it looks, I mean, other than having all my sweat in there and stuff it basically it looks brand new so and his looked like it was like falling apart so i mean it's still again more expensive gear but um but maybe his kind of cheaper helmet he's gonna have to replace it every five years instead of the the maximum 10 that you can have for a helmet with the snell rating but there you go so if you're trying to uh explain away your purchases to a partner in your life <laughs> it's uh it's, Dollar per use yeah. is is about the same. Exactly. So yeah, and and uh, I mean the it shouldn't be any safer as far as a helmet. I would hope. I mean, again, it's going to be another weight thing. It's going to be more comfortable and added features like the built-in comms is going to be nice. And mm-hmm. but but yeah, so it, more expensive gear. There's just yeah, it's going to be. It, it, it can also last longer too. And it depends. I, I, I've had some Alpine stars, not to, I guess, uh, put down a whole company here, but like <laughs> all the, all the gear I've gotten from them, just, I don't know. It just didn't last as long as I hoped it would. Whereas 
for some reason I've had good luck with the OMP stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so my, my car racing gear is all OMP. Um, minus the shoes. I cheaped out on shoes. Um, so, uh, you know, almost sound like a hypocrite here. Same rating, right? Same safety factor. Um, I just figured I'd see how much I did it before I, I splurged on shoes. Cause some of those shoes get pretty, pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, OMP is great. You know, honestly, the, the comfort I have from my OMP and it, it's the nice version of all their stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's comfortable. It's not even like classified as less of a burden. You know, I put that OMP balaclava on and it's yeah. like a pillow hugging my face. Like I, <laughs> I actually like putting that balaclava on, um, yeah. you know, whereas you get a cheap one, it's a little thicker, it's scratchy and itchy. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Hey, yeah. For, for things like that, just take my money. Yeah. You know, it feels so much better. Um, yeah. And, just and, as a, as a side note, just so no one gets uh, angry over at Al's Pine Tars. <laughs> all my motorcycle riding gear is theirs, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. I've uh, I ran out of talent a few times, and it's held up great. I've been fine. <laughs> so, uh, at least in their motorcycle gear. <laughs> Shout out to Alpine Stars. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, yeah, a lot of companies will have kind of their niches, their their things they might do best better than others. So. And yeah, and at the risk of this becoming an OMP ad, I also <laughs> I also liked my Sparco suit too. It's just yeah, you know, I just wanted something a little lighter, a little nicer. Uh, I wanted to treat myself, you know. It's everyone likes to do that every once in a while. Um, but but yeah, I but uh, but yeah, bringing it back to Formula One again. Uh, so his, I mean, is he had some burn some burns on his hands as well as uh, his, one of his feet. I imagine it was the one that the shoe came off. Yep. Um, but I mean, he was, like I said, he was in there, I think they said 18 seconds. So it's, it's, that's a long time to be in a very, very strong fire. I mean, that was all of the fuel is the very first lap of the race. So the entire yeah, fuel, load fuel, fuel load from the entire race was, was in that fire. So like, though I was, uh, I was reading an article from, uh, one of the F1 engineers, I don't remember whose team he was on, but uh, his description said it seemed like everything that burned in the fire was from the fuel line. Hmm. Um, and the fuel cell did not puncture because it would have been, well, I mean, just sort of as you said, it was a fuel, full fuel load. Yeah. Um, and the, the fireball supposedly, according to him, uh, would have been much larger if that's where it had come from. Mm. So he was thinking that, you know, that was just all in the line from the fuel cell to, you know, mm. the, mm. the engine. Yeah. Cause the, the engine, the, the whole car split in half and the yep. engine was no longer, uh, attached to the survival cell. So yeah, there had to have been, there, there's going to be a connection of course from the engine to the fuel, uh, fuel cell. So, so that would make sense that mm-hmm. maybe the bladder didn't fail. It was more the the line going to it. And however, there I don't know exactly how their fuel pump is set up in a Formula One car. I don't know if it's a lift pump inside, yeah. but if it was, that that thing was just going to be feeding that fire pretty consistently. And even if it wasn't, it was still plenty of fuel to get that get that going. Right. And, I mean, at the end of the day, 
um, you know, it's going to be to get an amount of power, however you do it, you know, however your engine configuration is, you know, uh, a certain amount of power requires a certain amount of oxygen, which then dictates a certain amount of fuel, right? Mm -hmm. So let's not pretend these aren't high horsepower cars. And that fuel line was probably pretty thick. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, even though it's a, you know, a twin turbo V6 or turbo V6. Yeah, single turbo. Single turbo because it's in the block. Um, turbo V6. <laughs> um, you know, and they, they went to that from the V8, but it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, the, the efficiency might change, but to get a certain amount of power, you need a certain amount of fuel. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, so pretty big fire. Uh, I mean, and they were on the scene immediately because the, in Formula One, the the kind of the safety car will basically back up the field and it'll basically, basically follow them through the first couple corners. So he was basically right there as soon as it started and and yeah the 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 safety marshal jumped out and was helping Grosjean but I mean he he actually himself had a uh uh, closed or sorry open face helmet uh so he didn't I'm sure he didn't want to get too close to it because I'm I'm sure that felt quite hot yeah on his face so he wasn't able to like kind of jump in there to help him but uh thank uh luckily Grosjean was able to get out of this, climb out of the car under his own power and mm-hmm. and uh, get over that guardrail so he could he could then catch him kind of and help him into the safety vehicle. But uh, one thing I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure if that's what caused some of his hand burns, but it might have been when he had to climb over that uh, guardrail. He had to touch what would have been a very very hot metal guardrail that was engulfed in flames yeah so it, it could have very well been that kind of having to grab on tightly to that that guardrail uh that was now very very hot could have caused that kind of that glove to fail so it might not have even been any problem with you know the the safety standard or anything like that it's just more of this crazy circumstance where he gets shoved through a guardrail and has to climb back over it yeah. to get to safety um and of course, you know, you're not going to think about, oh, how hot is this guardrail as I'm in this fire? <laughs> right. Get the fuck out of here. Trying to climb out. Targeting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was pretty hard to watch for sure. I, I know some of the comments, I think Dan and Ricardo had some comments like, why, why do they keep showing it and stuff? I mean, they did confirm, I mean, he, he got out of the car and he was there. He was, he was okay. He was conscious and everything. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. no one was, was seriously harmed so that's yeah because they did pan away from it after it happened right and then show replay until kind of they showed Grosjean safe first so yeah which is good you know I mean I think it's because of the outcome it's easy to sit here and play armchair quarterback yeah yeah you know um you know if, if it had turned out a different way you know I mean certainly there'd be questions about the safety standard and the the how the incident occurred, but I mean, we we wouldn't be having this conversation. I think for for different reasons. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah, and yeah, and at the end of the day, Formula One's a big show. So, and I mean, as much as we want to say we don't, we want to see crash crashes like that. I mean, are probably the same people that watch crash montages on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So probably. You know, I I don't want to speak for everyone, but I I know I've I've watched quite a few of those. Yeah, I know uh, my girlfriend doesn't like watching those because 
she thinks I'm going to become one of those montages one day. But You're too good, though, right? <laughs> you got a first place spec me out of season. Regional. Yeah. <laughs> Regional spec me out of. Yeah. And no, nothing, nothing too fancy there. But, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I understand from her perspective there. I mean, she, she watches me go out there and doesn't want to think of that, about that. I'm not thinking about it, but yeah, she is. So I, right. I mean, it's probably easier from the driver's seat, honestly. Right? Yeah, You've got yeah. too much to do. You just kind of you know. forget about all that. Yeah, exactly. If you're, I mean, if you're thinking about that, then you're either going too slow or, <laughs> yeah, or you're just, I don't know, you, you need to focus more on the track or yeah, something. Yeah, you're going too slow if you're thinking about that. <laughs> There's more in the reserve for you to drive faster. Yeah, but, so. but yeah, so, I mean, it was definitely a scary moment. No one, no one wants to see that. Uh, we're really glad that he, he got out of there okay. And although he's, I mean, he's done for the season, it looks like, and potentially, I don't think he, he doesn't have a seat next year. He got, he got the boot as of, I think, uh, this week. So he's got, he's gotten replaced. So, I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be a reserve or anything like that, but he might find his way into, or maybe, I know he has, uh, I believe he has a family, he has some kids, so maybe he'll yeah. just decide. That's that's where he wants to focus his attention. I'm sure he, he's made. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can always, uh, especially with a record like his, or honestly any record in F1, um, you can go down to sports cars pretty easily. You exactly, know? yeah. Um, and it's moderately unrelated, but that's similar to what Jan Magnussen did, right? Um, mm-hmm. Left Corvette Racing. Uh, for the most part. And then he's racing, I believe, TC cars in Denmark. <laughs> so, yeah. And still he, racing, but closer to home. And, and he even, he was actually, I think he did a, I don't know if he ever did a Formula One race, but I know he was a Formula One prospect. He was. Yeah. Uh, and then that didn't work out, so he went to GT cars. So he, he did it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, once you get that resume built up, there's plenty of people, especially in sports car racing, that has gentlemen classes. So there you go. Our pro tip for your racing resume is race in F1, and then you can go where you want from there. Exactly. You can even <laughs> you could race you could race lemons and people, pro tip. People might pay you might pay you to race in lemons, but yeah. if anything, they'll give you free beer or something. Yeah, that's lemons. But uh, uh, but yeah, so um. I guess keeping it with F1 news, we also are getting this week. We heard that Lewis Hamilton tested positive for the Rona. For the Rona. Yeah, that's that sucks for him. Um, yeah, and as yeah. Of, so so he's he's out of the next race um, at least. At least, yeah. You know, it's it's gonna be pending on um, you know flights and how quickly he can test negative consecutively right yeah. i believe it's three negative tests in a row that you need um and then you need to test negative mm-hmm. days before the flight so he might be out for more than just one race we'll we'll see um but it is interesting um how the the pandemic uh changed racing this year for sure you know? um I guess I'll start with uh, with IMSA just because I'm I'm a little more familiar with it, you know. But uh, initially, you know, 
and th this actually isn't just IMSA, but series were we're pushing the the races back, um, and then sometimes they felt like they had to cancel them, um, depending on where it was or how many times they had pushed a race back. And then at the end of the year, it seemed like, you know, or at least at the end of the summer, uh, when things kind of started to open up a little bit more, it seemed like there was a mad rush to get to get the races in, you know. Um, but but it's interesting how it affected uh, motorsports as a whole. So IMSA delayed a few, um, and then I believe they canceled a couple races, and then I believe uh, they have the number of races they do mm -hmm. because they guarantee a certain amount of races for everybody participating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you want to see Corvette racing versus RLL or the BMWs and, you know, uh, the Porsches and the manufacturers. You don't want to see them just at one track. You want to see them yeah. uh, multiple places and, you know, some of the gentleman drivers in those lower series um, or, you know, GTD anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you know, put in some amount of money to race and so they should they should get what they're paying for so uh they, they kept a minimum number of races but then they scheduled the tracks based off of what had some availability of course um you know as lots of people in the u.s might know this changed uh the approach to to corona changed state by state um so some of the states that were more strict um like they just like didn't New York, visit. yeah, like exactly. Watkins Glen, Watkins Glen never happened. Um, yeah, I don't think they held a single event all year. Yeah. So that I mean, you know, I mean, that sucks for them. And Watkins Glen is a good track. Um, and there, there were a few other races that were canceled, and then uh, IMSA made it up by repeating races <laughs> at tracks uh, where they could go, where the states were more open. Um, you know, so they raced at Road Atlanta a couple of times. They raced at Sebring a couple of times. Um, so it was just, mm -hmm. I guess, interesting how they navigated it. Yeah, because uh, IMSA is owned by NASCAR, right? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of the tracks they went to were also owned by NASCAR. Is that yes. right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. So they're sort of able to call their own shots, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, when if you if you back up a little bit and look at a big picture, you have to rent the track, right? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe depending on the series, depending on the track, maybe the track pays the series, you know, because mm -hmm. they get ticket sales. Or you know, there's there's various ways this works. Um, you know, especially with big name tracks or smaller tracks. You know, just the agreement changes. But yeah, um, you know, the tracks they own are are low risk and. If they need to cancel, they don't lose money. Um, you know, if they would have otherwise paid to rent it or paid to have people there. So Yeah. My yeah, my understanding with Watkins Glen, since they're they're not part of NASCAR and everything, ultimately if they're if they're gonna hold a race but have no fans, they're gonna lose a ton of money because they're they're yeah. usually I believe they're if they're not paying they, they may be paying basically for the the the, the opportunity to have him to come and and, yep. and then have all those fans there so it's almost in that case they're almost encouraging the the local politicians to prevent races from happening because that way they don't have to uh 
get out of their contract. It, basically, it forces them out of the contract. There's there's always going to be some sort of way that if there's a kind of outside intervention that's out of their control, that's it's neither their fault. So they'll be able to kind of get out of that yeah that deal. So in in that case. And, you know, and I saw that, too, with a lot of the, the club racing stuff, too, with a lot of events being canceled is it was kind of, uh, at least for the pro stuff, it was going to be a huge loss for them uh, if they were if they had if they were able to do the race. So there was really no reason if the if the state wasn't going to let them have fans that they were, they they kind of didn't want to have the event. So they would basically wouldn't lose all that money for almost putting on a, a race for for free, basically, for EMSA. Yeah with no benefit to them. So, I mean, I, I understand that, like, you know, they got to make money. We, we want all these tracks to stay in business for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, because of it, it was just, a you know, awkward, awkward situation for a lot of people, a lot of race series, a lot of fans of racing. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, you hear a lot of news about, uh, tracks having a hard time staying in business mm-hmm. there's there's a promising new place on the horizon isn't it yes there? yes there is there is it's the the midwest is is a buzz with with, <laughs> with the news of a, a new track opening up because it doesn't it doesn't happen often i mean no. at least in the u.s it's mostly i mean coda was probably the most recent one i know of that was i mean it's a big big name track of course but right. yeah other than that like most tracks kind of have just been around forever. Maybe they'll close, maybe they'll reopen someone like VIR in one case, they, they closed down for a while and, and then was reopened. And now it's a beautiful facility because they put a lot of money into it. But well, I love that track uh, for really sure. But, uh, the, but yeah, it's the, the new track. It's going to be in the Ozarks. Uh, I can't, is it Montana, Minnesota, Missouri, Missouri. <laughs> I, I got all those M ones mixed up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, out in Missouri, out in, I assume the middle of nowhere. It looks like the middle of nowhere from yeah. looking at it. But yeah, there's a new track going in the the Ozark, Ozark Motorsports Park, I believe. I think is the. Is uh, the I don't know the official title or Raceway Park because there's there's a Ozarks drag racing track or whatever. If you if you search it, you might get that one. But there's also the the motorsports facility that's going in. So it I think it's a, it's a just under just barely under four mile track at least for the full configuration they have a bunch of different configurations right uh, but it's yeah it's in like uh, it's in the Ozarks it's looks like a lot of elevation change could oh, be yeah. could be pretty interesting I'm sure all the at least hopefully all the club racing stuff will find their way there soon and at least when it's finished I think it's planned to be done um, sometime in 2021 I'm not sure if it's going to be open for kind of the, the main season, but, uh, I believe they laid down their first layer of, uh, asphalt. So that's, yep. I saw a video of, uh, I think it was PF racings, uh, GT three fifty question mark, uh, running around the track. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're not done. They have more, more layers of asphalt to go, but in the, the pit area, pit lane, that kind of stuff, Pat, I think that, I think I saw from a, Overhead shot to the garage is going. It looks like nice big garage space. I don't know how they're pit lane. Hopefully they don't run into the mistake of doing like kind of a lackluster pit lane so that no one doing actual like wheel to wheel stuff can effectively operate there. I, I imagine. Well, on on one of their posts, they said they wanted 
to see professional racing there at some okay, point. Okay, yeah. So, hey. so I assume they're going to size everything accordingly so IMSA could show up if they wanted. Of course, yeah. And I I mean, you know, Facebook comments, they're, they're probably all 100% true. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, but one person, one person was saying Formula One could even come there, but I... I highly, I highly doubt that. I mean, just from a track standpoint, maybe one day. But uh, as far as getting that certification, that FIA certification to be, you need certification. You pay F one or Formula One, you, of course. You pay them a lot of money to show up. <laughs> yes, like and a lot. That that's almost run Coda. Yep, out of business multiple of times. So it would be cool, but it's I I sort of question it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I would all love to see it. Um, yeah, and like you guys might think, oh well, what about like Monaco? That that can't have any sort of safety rating. Well, it's like I think it's grandfathered in. Yeah, I mean, back know. in the day, F one cars used to race at the Glen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's actually quite a few places in the U S. that F one cars used to race. Yes. Um, Indy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Indy. Yeah. Uh, they had the whole tire uh, Michelin tire scandal there. So it's yeah. There's been several U.S. Grand Prix in the past. Uh, it kind of went away for a while until Coda came back. But yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's yeah. I'm sure it's more of a the rules change with the times. Rules change. So. The money changes. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Politics. All that kind of thing. Racing. It's it's all there. But. Uh, but yeah, going back to the, the Ozarks, it I mean, looking at it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, there's looks like someone took a heat gun to uh, Road America. Yeah, yeah, it's just good. let it melt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so not only it does he add a couple extra quarters in there, and then also uh, uh, maybe melt some of that elevation change in there, which Road America has a lot of. They just don't really have it kind of where you notice it. It's a lot of on the straights elevation change, which yeah. is which is fine. I mean, it makes your Miata feel that much slower going up on into the to the start finish line there, but and they're not slow cars by any means. Certainly, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you tell yourself that. <laughs> I I can confirm they're very slow. Okay, uh, although sometimes for, faster than Corvettes, depending on how they're being driven. But you know, I'm sure everyone's seen seen those YouTube videos or yeah. whatever. It's um, all driver mod, generally. Driver mod, of course. We're we're a big proponent of the driver mod here in yeah, the absolutely. Motorsports Tech Talk podcast. So, yeah, if you want to get better, uh, drive more. Yeah, it's get it's some a, seat time. And you Practice. know, I, you know, you know, one thing I find I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but I enjoy getting seat time. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. It's kind of it's it's fun, and you get better. It's, it's yeah, it's a it's a win-win it's a win-win it's it's very good i i enjoy that but uh i definitely would like to get some seat time at this this ozark track though oh yeah once it's done it looked it looks sweet i mean from overhead shots and everything it's hard to say but i mean you throw an elevation change you throw in enough corners some of them will be interesting i imagine yeah (laughs) yeah it does look really fun from all the pictures i've seen yeah so so it hopefully they it, it comes together well and it can open up and they do well and I know there's a lot of people checking out. There's a lot of hype. Um, uh, but, yeah, so looking forward to that. Kind of going back to, to driver mod mm. uh, and kind of the start of this topic a little bit uh, with, with Hamilton getting COVID. Kind of hot off the presses, we have we heard uh, as of recording this that George Russell hey. will be taking Hamilton's seat. So uh, this weekend we'll get to see, you know, if – 
if it is all driver mod in that Mercedes or if that thing just drives itself, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I have a theory, um, generally, that at least at that level of motorsport. So I'm as as Brian mentioned, we're we're big proponents of the driver mod. Um, probably anybody listening to this, if you want to get better, uh, don't buy stuff for your car. Just get more seat time. It's going to help you. Uh, but I do have a theory that at least at the the pinnacle of motorsport, that tippy top, um, the drivers are all very good. They're very talented individuals. But I think they're so talented that they're pretty close to each other. Um, an F1, in my mind, uh, is generally an engineering competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously racing is a lot, right? Everything has to come together. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's luck, driver skill, making good decisions, good pit stops, the whole crew. Um, I mean, it really is a team effort. So, you know, I, it's hard to say, oh, it's just engineering. But I think uh, overall that's... That's sort of what we see when we see these cars racing is, mm-hmm. you know, if you stuck, um, you know, a good driver, which is any F1 driver mm-hmm. in a faster car, will they, will they keep up with someone in the same car? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I know I'm excited for this weekend's race because everyone, everyone likes to see everyone's kind of, everyone speculates like, Oh, what if I took the guy from the slowest car and put it in the fastest car? Would they win? I, and we get to finally see that. Like it, <laughs> yeah, we're going to exactly. find out. So it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll definitely be a lot of pressure on Botas to perform when he has got a, a newbie get jumping in there. He doesn't want to get shown up there. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got by far the strongest car. He should just run away with the race, hopefully. But as far as he's concerned, but that'll be really interesting. It might give Verstappen uh, a little ability just because he's usually ahead of bow ties. It seems like most of the time. So if he can get up there and run away, he can maybe get a, get another win this season. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun shakeup to watch for sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's upset that Stoffel Van Dorn is going to go out there because everyone knows him and is rooting for him and everything. Yeah. But <laughs> joking aside, uh, I think Russell was an interesting choice and uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to see looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, from, uh, from there, you want to get into some more racing news, more racing news. Yeah. I mean, so recently we've heard that uh, Audi and then following them up, BMW will be leaving formula E. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what, BMW's plans for the future are. Hmm. Uh, Audi says they're leaving to participate in the Dakar rally, okay. which I think sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. And then uh, a return to Le Mans. Yeah, I think that's what I, at least I, I'm excited for. Um, yeah. Because I've run, if, if you don't watch too much Le Mans, uh, Audi, Porsche has the most overall wins at Le Mans, but Audi had basically the whole from like 2000 i think maybe 99 onward basically won all all but like one or two races and Mm -hmm. they had kind of racked up the most wins in in a compressed period of time and uh we're on their way to try to beat porsche's uh porsche's record but uh but they bowed out in i think it was 2017 2018 somewhere around there same time as 
Dieselgate, if you remember that. Yes. That's so uh, sort of what spurred it. Is you know, it's definitely getting harder to justify. And they also had two Volkswagen Group teams racing against each other, basically. So, right. As yeah, with, I mean, Porsche and Audi are both part of the same parent group. Yep. So, so as as with a lot of things, the uh, the money dries up. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't race anymore because we all know it's very expensive, even yeah. at, especially at that level. Um, so, so yeah, they bowed out, left uh, just Toyota and Porsche to fight it out, and then a year later after that, just uh, Toyota to get some some free wins, basically. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they're they're annoyed that Toyota keeps getting all those free wins, <laughs> so they're gonna go back and get their wins. They're gonna jump in there and uh, give them a little run for their money. Now you know Toyota's been doing it nonstop. They they still got all their structures and teams and drivers in place. So you know yeah, now interesting. Now it's kind of the shoes on the other foot because when Toyota first came in, Audi was kind of hitting their stride. So now yeah. I feel like Toyota's kind of in their stride as far as Lamas concerned and. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because we got the hypercar uh, regulations coming in. Yeah. Uh, Toyota already showed theirs off a few times. I believe they, at, the, at this year's Le Mans, they drove uh, their prototype around with the trophy. And so they're they're getting ready. They're they're ready. So if, yeah. if Audi's going to do something there, they got to start doing it sooner than later. If they, but, so who do you think is going to be uh, running the Audi team? Um, yeah, I'd be interested heard. if, if Yoast will. Yeah. Will. Cause Yoast isn't with, uh, Mazda anymore. So for yeah. any casual race fans, team Yoast is who ran their car before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Audi left, um, I don't know what they did for a short period of time, but after that, essentially they came to run the Mazda DPI cars, yes. uh, here in the U S with IMSA. Uh, and they're done with that now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know whose decision that was or how that happened, but they're not there. Yeah, maybe maybe Audi was whisper, whispering in their ear a little yeah, bit, like, uh, uh, come back, yeah. come back to us. Yeah, we've got so, another, you know, crazy car for you. Yeah, so, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll, we haven't seen anything on that, but uh, we'll, we'll keep our ears to the, ears to the ground, mm-hmm. see if we can... Uh, Let's see what will what happens there, but uh, but yeah, that's it. Kind of brings up a, a interesting point with the we talk about these, you know, Pratt and Miller, Team Yoast, all that kind of stuff. Like I, I guess a lot of people may not realize that even though Porsche or Cadillac is is over all over the 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 side of the car and all that stuff, a lot of the times these companies don't usually more basically contract. Yeah, a company like Manti Racing. I mean, they're they're pretty. They're now like on campus or whatever at the Porsche yep. headquarters. Um, Porsche owns fifty one percent of Manti Racing. <laughs> yeah, so so it, it depends. Like, so there's some programs that are just a hundred percent. Like, they just hey, you go do this. Here's the money, mm-hmm. and put our name on it. Uh, and then you have Manti Racing, which is a little more. Like now they're doing, and and that's with a lot of automakers. I think they're now they're coming out with Manti Racing editions of, of their sports cars and stuff like that. Toyota, right. I mean, the, the new Supra is the, uh, the GR Supra, the Gazoo Racing Supra. So Yeah, and I I mean, we can get to that in a minute, but uh, I really like that GT4 car. Yes, yeah. So it's yeah, it's always good to see a new a new car showing up in a, in a series. Um, hey, maybe maybe that would be a, a one for a, 
another day. Oh, sure. Uh, maybe for next episode. I think we, uh, I think at this point, uh, I think in this podcast, we'd like to kind of go back down to the, the little guy, the, the amateur racing series. Cause, uh, there's not too many people covering them. I mean, it's not on TV or anything like that. Yeah, but. certainly. What, what kind of losers would sit in a room and cover amateur <laughs> endurance racing? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I don't know who, but uh, I, I don't, I don't want to meet him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I'm thinking uh, one of the things we'd like to do is, is also covering some of the – since we're, we're involved in it and we also follow it. And, yeah, I think it – Honestly, it's it's it could be just as good as, as pro racing. There's just a little slower, a little less money involved, a little a little less sponsors and fancy. Well, our definitions stuff. of little must be different, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing. But some, but some people might say it's the purest form of racing. I mean, well, we call those people wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know coming up in this this. F1 weekend that we were just talking about. We're mm-hmm. going to have uh, Trump Car. I recognize they've changed their name to Champ Car. I knew them <laughs> as Trump Car, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, they're going to VIR North, um, yes. which is where we had our second race yeah, together. Second race together. We yeah. uh, First one was that Lemons, aforementioned Lemons race we talked about at the beginning there. Yeah. Um, and we raced against each other in a different race before that. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, that, that was our second but, race but on driving the same together. team. Yep. Yeah, we uh, were racing our old trusty Volvo, <laughs> old trusty Volvo 960 uh, that uh, one of the guys I work with builds. And uh, yeah, he. It's a pretty sweet car. I mean, we can talk about that that one another day. It's yeah, it's, it, it's a fun it, one. You know, to me, it sounds like we're getting ready to have like a. <laughs> follow-up podcast just talking about specific you know the volvo yeah. the gazoo racing supra yeah. gt4 yeah yeah might just have a have a quick little podcast talking about cars yeah yeah no you uh stay tuned people if you yeah. if you want to hear more this is more common yep. just giving you a little a little look into the future there but uh yeah. but anyways yeah i mean so that's uh the the vr north race will be will be interesting yeah. um there's uh the the favorites are usually the good old Huggins racing team with their BMWs. They they live close by. They've won the 24 I think two years in a row or at least two total years. Mm-hmm. Uh and they they usually put up a good showing there with usually two cars. Um I believe I saw on the entry list the kind of new up and comers MK Motorsports and their Ford Mustang. They've been they won Sebring. Uh they got second I think at Pitt. So and really, folks, that's just because Ford makes an outstanding machine. <laughs> and this guy, he's so unbiased. Over here. He's <laughs> totally so, unbiased. So unbiased. Yeah. So much opinionate, opinionation going on here. Yeah, it's, not going on. Listen, if you want to go fast, go get a Mustang. Yeah. It's it's a Fox body or it's a new GT500. Yeah, they're... Whatever. And that's, yeah, that's why in, in Champ Car, all you see is Mustangs. Just Mustangs. Yeah, no not Miatas. Miatas. No Miatas. No BMW nope. 30s. It's all Mustangs. It's, I mean, because I, I know if I want to take car racing, I, I really like spending a lot on consumables. Um, I like really heavy cars. Yeah. Um, well, I so. like winning. 
and <laughs> that uh, the team you just mentioned does are seem to have a good track record so yeah, they, far. So they got we'll, some, we'll see how they do. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, they got some momentum on their sides, uh, and then you know there's there's a lot of new teams building new cars that uh, maybe we could see see in there, but. But yeah, so that that's this week. That's this coming weekend here, and I think believe there's also a WRL race in uh, at Coda. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a track that uh, I got to experience this year. It mm-hmm. was for the first time. It was pretty sweet. I would you uh, would you drive it on a Miata? Oh, okay. It was. It had the wrong engine in it, though. That's the problem. Oh, is that it? Yeah, it has some GM engine in it. It's oh. it's it's a but. It's, but you seem to really enjoy the Miata platform. If you're uh, using it for both uh-huh. spec racing and endurance racing, yeah, you know, some you could say that yeah. someone could say that. I wouldn't say it, <laughs> but you can say. I mean, you already. Well, I'm said definitely it. saying it. So that's that's you can say that all you want. I mean, you keep driving them, so yeah, well, it seems like you like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes. Sometimes you can't afford to do any better, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so WRL going there. I I have yet to race in WRL. I've always had some interest in it. They're kind of they're a lot. Of, there's some teams that cross over from Champ Car to WRL, AR, all the kind of I guess the big three. I mean, there's there's Lucky Dog as well, of course. But West Coast, we don't kind of see that around here. Um, and then of course the grid life you can't forget about not, oh. not endurance racing but uh, as far as racing it's yeah well they I mean they started that wheel to wheel racing series this year yeah and that's taken a lot of competitors have uh, started showing up there not taking them away from WRLAR and Champ Car as far as I can tell um, more maybe from NASA and SCCA I, I I've seen but uh, but again that's a that could be a conversation for another day uh, yeah but yeah can't forget lemons too I. The, I guess the big four. I, yeah. I mean, Lemons, uh, as, as many jokes as we might make, uh, is sort of the one that started all of this. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2009, it, yeah, they kind of, if it wasn't for them, maybe we wouldn't be talking about all these other series. So, yeah, credit all where these, credit is due. All these other series break off or did break off from Lemons. And yeah, yeah. So Start their own. So, so I mean, hey, I've always, I always have a – a place in my heart for lemons for sure. Yeah. As much as I like to make fun of it, but, um, but yeah, so, but other than that, I think that covers, uh, I think that covers most of it. Yeah. I mean, well, but before we move on, I I mean, you said you were on the track and I had to point out it was on a Miata, but what'd you think of Coda? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It, It's way more technical than I was expecting, especially with a much slower car than a formula one car. Mm-hmm. Um, I was finding that I was thinking we bring this little Miata to this giant Formula One track. It's just going to be wide open throttle all day long. Um, but it's not like kind of because F1 cars have so much more grip than than our champ cars do. Uh, it basically all just like scales. They they're kind of they're kind of they're watt in kind of same places we are and it makes it for a lot of tricky areas. There's a lot of low speed kind of technical corners. Uh, the, the S's kind of the S's at the, at the beginning of lap lap or turn kind of, I think it's turn two through many. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of turns. Uh, that area is really nice. And, and it's got as long straights for, for flexing that, that Miata muscle on, oh, yeah. uh, 
but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty sweet track. I'd love to go back there again for sure. Uh, a little, little bit of a drive from, from here, but, but, uh, for a ride and drive, it's, it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. I just wish the car I was driving was better, but you know, it just, it just had some mechanical issues, but it's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed it there and I'm sure everyone at WRL is going to love it. It's, it's, it's also good to always see more events there because it seems like every year Coda has a, a bankruptcy scare. It seems like, yeah, especially uh, this year. You know, there's a lot of things going down that that would affect that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see more events there. But uh, but yeah, so that kind of covers. I mean, we might have missed some events going on. I'm not sure what Lemon schedule is looking like. No, but uh, or AERs, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have one this weekend. No. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think they do, but I haven't checked their schedule in a minute. Yeah, but we'll we'll be sure to be <laughs> we'll be sure to be on top of that when uh, in further episodes, of course. I, yeah, when things pick back up, right? I mean, we're coming really to the close of the season. Yeah, so I mean, it's basically towards the end. So, yeah, we'd like to to cover all of them. I mean, Champ Car is kind of where I find most of my. Uh, time, but all this stuff tends to be overlapping. So I like to, to check out the other stuff too. So, right. so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep, keep an eye on that. Uh, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's not something many people will, will talk about on the, on the interwebs other than the, the forums and the Facebook pages yeah. that we're all probably members of. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's definitely something we like to follow the, cause as as you know, it, it's not professional racing, but there's still there's still some good racing going on there. It's there's always good there battles, really is. good. You know, I mean, you get close cars and close drivers, and it's it's fun to watch. It doesn't need to be at you know 200 kilometers an hour. It can be at, yeah, it um, can be 110. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most most Miatas can hardly break 100 miles an hour, so it's uh there's gotta be racing at every speed. I mean, it's, you still feel a lot of G force. You still have to make some daring passes. It just might, might be a little, you have a little more time to think about it, but, right. but, uh, yeah, it's, we really enjoy the club racing and, and for most of us, it's, it's kind of all we can do. Not, not many of us can have successful cutting careers that lead to successful open wheel careers that lead to successful formula one careers. It's kind of, kind of only like 20 people right now that can do that can say that (laughs) in the entire world so honestly probably more people are racing in club racing than in pro racing in in any day so right might as well focus that uh shine the spotlight a little bit more there too it's i mean it's it's what i enjoy in my spare time so yeah absolutely so but i mean if that's about all the uh amateur racing mm-hmm. you know that's that's in the way um i guess you know we're into december which means that we're coming up on the roar yep yeah um, or realistically we would have been coming up on the roar um in past years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so for a bunch of you race fans uh you probably know this, but the roar was generally right after New Year's, um, like the January 2nd, January 3rd. And then the Daytona race was actually um, at the end of January. So you had quite a bit of time between uh, the roar, which which is essentially just practice for mm-hmm. Daytona, and then the actual race itself. 
Um, but this year, IMSA has pushed it back. So we're going to have the Roar and then Daytona the following weekend. Um, and they're both in the end of January. I think Daytona's the last week, which means the Roar's the 20 something because it'll be the weekend before. Um, yes, yeah, so, so that'll be interesting, but it it is... I guess it's it's nice for the teams that it's been pushed back. You know, I know a lot of people who uh, who complain because you know they're <laughs> flying out January first and yeah. they're you know feel like they're going to die from being too hungover. And <laughs> this is never a fun time for a lot of people, and so so it's cool that the series did that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's entirely for the teams or a a reaction to COVID and scheduling, but. Yeah. Um, it's cool that it worked out either way, except y'all are going to have to uh, wait another couple of weeks to see some, some racing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, usually kind of the roar kind of kicks off the whole pro racing season, like everywhere, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first. It's kind like of the first all thing. Of them. And then the, the Daytona 24 also like it, because it's so early in the season, it tends to attract a lot of the big names from other race series that maybe can kind of sneak away from, you know, Alonzo a couple times, uh, Jeff yeah. Gordon, some other some other people that are actively racing in those other big series will show up, maybe have a little fun yeah. in Daytona. Get their feet wet for the new season. Yeah. And... Yeah. yeah. So it's it's always interesting to see that. I, I always enjoy the Daytona twenty four. It's kinda kinda yeah, you know, kicks off the season. Which, yeah, you know, there's there's usually not that much I mean this year though, because IMSA season went a lot later than usual. It went a lot later. Uh, I mean, they had fewer races overall, mm-hmm. but because they delayed them for so long. Yeah, I mean, the last race was, I mean, it's December now. So <laughs> I need to think back. But, uh, you know, I mean, it was probably a, a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, whereas generally it would have ended months before that. So yeah, usually go pretty late. Usually... Petit Lama at Road Atlanta is the last race, and this time it was it was not the last race. Nope. Yeah, they finished at Sebring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it it was it's been a funky season, but well, I mean, the good news is then we don't have to wait as long for for our racing. I mean, Formula One also took a big break in the middle there, or at, at the beginning they didn't even they didn't, they were trying to do their first race in Australia and had to pull the plug when a bunch of people tested positive in one of the teams. I think it was McLaren. I, I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically just delayed their season and then kind of snuck it all in at the end here. That's why there's three races in a row. Yeah. Uh, it's coming nice up though. here. So right. yeah, it's good for us. Low intention span, binge watching types that, uh, Hell yeah. Don't want to Millennials wait. unite. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, seasons are yeah it's never it's never gone this late so yeah it'll be nice we don't have to wait between all the different race seasons it's uh it's kind of just formula one season will end and then like a couple weeks later we got the roar and (laughs) and then get right back into it um yeah and then we'll both be getting ready for some racing ourselves yep Uh, next year i got i got some some top secret engine mods going on in my Miata. Maybe just better be legal. Kind of hide a turbo in there or something. Yeah. Uh, gotta give myself a better shot. You know, I, I need all the help I can get, but, uh, but yeah, so gearing up to spec Miata season, uh, 
maybe some some champ car if I ever finish one of the many cars. Uh, and then I believe you were talking about some motorcycle racing, maybe. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, just to give everyone some understanding of that last comment, my co-host here has multiple project cars that have never been finished. Yeah, so who who doesn't? Who doesn't? I finished mine. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we can. You know, I will. We'll throw those into our uh, car talking about auxiliary podcast that we mentioned i guess but um but yeah so so that's what he's referring to he will eventually have a uh amateur level race car um and it and i'll i'll leave it there again we can talk about it later but um yeah yeah i'm gonna be doing some motorcycle racing um i'm pretty excited um you know i i did a couple track days which I know sounds like fuck. I hate it when people say that. I really do. Uh, well, at least when it comes to cars. But um, but honestly, with uh, with racing, pro racing, um, I mean it's a lot of the same weekends, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good weekends in summer is is when I'm working for the race team rather than um, doing my own thing, you know. So this coming year, uh, having a stable job with Ford. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to do my own racing, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, motorcycle racing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, w- I want to do, do more days, get more seat time and, and get going fast. There we go. There we go. And uh, a co-acquaintance that you kind of know, but not well is dragging elbows and i'm only dragging knees so i gotta get to that level of speed yeah yeah it's and i mean bike racing it's it's one way to go really fast yeah it is honestly so a lot of people are timid about it Mm -hmm. but uh you'll go really fast and it's relatively inexpensive especially compared to cars yeah getting a car that'll do 160 or whatever (laughs) You know, miles an hour down the uh, back straight of Road Atlanta is might be a little more expensive than the, the motorcycle you can get for that. Yeah, I'll find you a used leader bike for five grand. Let's <laughs> get you doing a buck sixty. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, that should be that should be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, honestly, I'm I'm really excited to to get better because uh, so far the last two years that I've done it. Um, because it's been so sparse, I, I only have a only do a couple of days, and then I stop the season, knowing where I could have gotten better. Yeah, you know, and it feels like there's never enough time. Um, you know, my my goals are there, and, and I can do them. I just, you know, I don't have the time to reach them, and and I, and I will mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, pretty yeah. excited, and then I'm. You know, I'm gonna half-assedly race the cart. Um, yep. Yep. Not not competitively. Um, you know, I, I bought it more for downtime. If I'm not racing endurance cars with this hooligan sitting across from me, <laughs> or, or racing motorcycles. Um, but after talking to some pro drivers, it seems to be the one of the best ways to increase your, you know, uh, ability. Yeah, and. And it's yeah, it's another way to go really fast as far as that kind of G feeling and everything, 
without spending too much money. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking lateral Gs, we'll get you doing over two in a cart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the acceleration, too, and the power to weight. Yeah. You know, you don't have to just increase power. You know, always take out that weight, and that's basically what carts and bikes are doing there. And Yeah, that's exactly what bikes are doing. And it's working. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking to forward to some some good racing next year. Uh you think you're just going to keep it spec Miata and uh, amateur endurance racing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I'm not too keen on the, the two-wheeled kind of stuff. I Sure. I know yeah. I'm just going to hurt myself. Uh, yeah, we all do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, just I definitely I want to – my goal this year is – or next year is to do NASA Nationals for spec Miata. Uh, kind of this year was my getting up to speed year. I wanted to – I bought, you know, a relatively old car that just needed some some love. Yeah. Got it up to speed. Got myself up to speed, of course, because driver mod. Yep. Uh, and yeah, now I'm doing, going a little further with the car this winter, getting kind of fresh engine in there, and then, uh, yeah, basically, hopefully hit the ground running next season since I, I've been on the tracks now and have a fresh car, fresh engine have yeah. it ready to go and see if I can get some momentum going into nationals and it'll be, it'll be at Daytona next year, which is exciting. I, I got to race there too this year, uh, and enjoyed it as, as much as you can enjoy a roval, uh, right. <laughs> you know, rovals can be a little less, I guess, interesting as far as, uh, track layouts, but, but Daytona has a lot of history and it's always cool to be at a big track like that. And, you know, enemy Miata, I might even hit, 110 maybe wow it'll be crazy that'll be with some help of course some bub drafting help i I don't know if i can get there just can't be alone no but uh but yeah so that that's always to look forward to but i think uh i think that might do it for us uh this episode yeah yeah we're we're um gonna try and keep this close to an hour which obviously we went over <laughs> um i mean it's gonna be fairly organic so it's never gonna be exactly an hour um yeah because ultimately we just we want to have fun with this and we hope maybe some people will listen but yeah you know we uh you know we want it to be when it would be a good time for us as well as good time for you guys so yeah yeah so you know uh stay yeah, tuned i guess you yeah. know hopefully you liked it and if you didn't Maybe we'll have something more your flavor coming up. You know, as we sort of mentioned, we'll be talking about actual cars, um, the build, um, professional cars, as well as our cars, project cars, racing cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna try to do it every once a week. Yep, is our goal. So we'll have new episodes out hopefully every week. And yeah, uh, yeah. So we just want to thank you guys for stick it around this long if you got to this point yeah yeah seriously uh so this is the first one obviously yep. thanks for listening and um you know we're still getting our feet wet and so thanks yeah. for bearing with us so hopefully this yeah. will sound a little smoother <laughs> in the futures but uh but yeah we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll hopefully catch you next week yeah